Hey kids, this is me, Isaac Robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time around, we're going to open some cards, we're going to open some toys, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that. Man, there's like, I don't even know what to say, there is a lot of good stuff ahead of us. This is going to make your day a little better, you're going to have a nice time. Till uh, we get to that, let's see, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that beat. OKIC Robot, I am on the tech 12 this is one time for your mind. The world's famous IC Robots show. As we join the scene, IC Robots is playing Miss Pac-Man at his local arcade. Sure is nice to be back over at Scandia again. I haven't played video games in so long, like arcade games do. This Miss Pac-Man, I'm, I'm rocking this right now. Those, those ghosts are nowhere near me. Hey look, it's my old friend from work. What's going on, bro? Man, that game is old school. You use a joystick and everything. Yeah, man, of course I use a joystick. Unless, like, I'm playing Silent Scope, in which case I'm using, you know, like, like a sniper rifle. What do you do, dude? When I play, I use my feet. I like rhythm games, dude. You know, move around, show some skills. I get it, though, bro. You like moving your hand only. That's a great way to conserve energy. Nah, man, I just, like, you know, I don't want to, like, flail my arms around and stuff. I, I, I feel, uh... I feel weird. I feel silly. Hey friend, have you tried those food cubes yet? No, uh, I most certainly have not. What do you mean no? They just added a new flavor. White cheddar. It has a lot of drip, bro. White cheddar is like my least favorite of all the flavors, man. First they'll come out with some product, and then they come out with like white cheddar, like white cheddar Cheez-Its, white cheddar uh, Smart Cop. White cheddar's the worst, dude. What even is white cheddar? I, 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 no, I have not tried the white cheddar, uh... Brand I'm telling you man, you got to try them. I have eaten four already today and I want four more. At least, they are so good dude, I just have to have them. Like, I have, I have to. to. All the time bro. Like, I have to. All the time bro. We're talking world famous, babe. Now let's return to Earth. open a pack of weird trading cards. What's an innocent girl like Jenny Blake? Keep your eyes open for this dame. Doing in a dangerous adventure like this? It's got the girl! You kidnapped me. They want to spot Jenny for the rocket. She's turning on the charm. The Rocketeer, rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. The Rocketeer came out in 1991, so did these trading cards by Tops. I have two packs of Rocketeer cards. Each one has, they have a different wrapper, but they have a picture of the Rocketeer on the front, the one I have here on the left. It's more of a headshot. The one on the right is like an upper body, like down to the waist kind of deal. They both say Rocketeer cards, eight glossy movie cards, and one sticker. The Rocketeer's cool. He's a character that I... That I do dig. I can't say that, like, I'm the biggest Rocketeer fan of the world. That goes that goes to my guy, Vic Sage. He gets the award for being the biggest Rocketeer fan of all times. But I definitely do like the character, and I like I like the character design. I think the helmet's really cool. The jetpack is cool. I've always I've always been enamored with jetpacks. I think that uh, most of you guys out there have been enamored with jetpacks at one, at one time or another, watching, like, Buck Rogers fly around in one, watching the 
watching the famed G.I. Joe jump with um, Stalker floating around in a jetpack. It just seemed really cool. I don't I don't really think the jetpack's ever gonna... I don't see it ever becoming a thing. I think that it's too fuel inefficient. I just... I don't see it, but uh, the idea itself is really neat, and the idea of like an old-timey superhero flying around with a jetpack knocking dudes out, it was... It was definitely cool, but for me, but for me, this is 1991, this is the high school-aged IC Robots, the draw of watching The Rocketeer was uh, Jenny Blake, a.k.a. Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly was like, she was like my biggest, like, 90s, 2000 crush there had ever been in all the histories of time, so I went to, uh, I went to see The Rocketeer to see her. This was her follow-up to career opportunities. We all, we all know the fame movie where her and some doofus get locked into a Target all night, then like Dermot Milroney opens up the opens up the place and robs them. I think um, I have the checklist. I have the checklist booted up here for the Rocketeer card, and what we're looking for is card number four, which is the Ginny Blake rookie card, which is also the uh, Jennifer Connelly rookie card. I did I did a bit of research because uh, Jennifer Connelly had been in a few different movies that potentially could have had cards. I thought maybe possibly. There could have been Labyrinth cards. She was in that as a, as a youth, and um, it seemed like it was kind of a genre movie that theoretically could have had some cards, but there there was not. There was not. I was a bit surprised to find that out, honestly, but we want card number four, and then there's also a sticker. There's a Ginny Blake sticker somewhere in here, but uh, let's get to busting. Let's bust into these and find out what we have. We have two packs, but there's only nine cards per pack. These aren't a wax pack. Mind you, it's plastic, so I tore it when I opened up into it. And the first one we have is a sticker of the Rocketeer. That one's pretty nice. Then we have one with uh, somebody's in a trunk. It says Occupational Hazard. Then we have Mid-Air Death Struggle. Then we have Neville Sinclair. That is, um, that is uh, what is his name? The guy who is James Bond. We have him in there. That is his rookie card. Another Broken Back. That's a good one. Where's Cliff Secord? We got that one. And then we got a nice shot of the Rocketeer that says, The Night of Flight. That's card number 99, the final one in the set. Then we have a card of the Rocketeer flying past a... Flying past a Nazi flag. I would fly past it. Pull it down for America. Let's, uh... Let's see what we got. Oh! Here we go, right on the top. We got the Ginny Blake sticker. Let's set that aside. Really great, nice Jennifer Connelly sticker. Very, very cool. Then we have a picture of the Rocketeer at the Griffith Observatory. Nice picture, but not the card we're looking for. The Feds open fire. Not the ones we're looking for. Dunked in the duck pond. That's the Rocketeer thrown into the pond. Then we have a makeshift plan. Not the one we're looking for. Designing a helmet. Nay, I'm starting to give up. Oh, there it is. We got the Ginny Blake card. Number four. We got the Ginny Blake card and the Ginny Blake sticker in the same pack. What a day. Dude, we're, we're hitting on all cylinders lately, man. Last episode, we got that Sigourney Weaver card we wanted. Now we got the Jennifer Connelly card we wanted and the sticker. What a time to be alive, man. I should, uh... I should go over to the casino and play some slots. I might hit it, but then I might take some of my card luck. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna mess around with that. Oh, cool, man! We got the Ginny Blake card number four right there. Let's see what it says on the back. Cliff Secord's girl. 
The gorgeous, aspiring actress Jenny Blake is getting tired of waiting for Cliff to settle down to a steady job and a life with her. What do these two lovebirds have in common? Good looks, burning ambition, and nerves of steel. That's what me and the wife have in common as well. Nerves of steel and burning ambition. Well, things are turning out good, dude. Things are turning out good. You got icy robots hitting on all the card front. Got the one I want. Got the other one I want. Man, what a, what a time to be alive. This week in Japanese League Baseball. The Hanshin Tigers were riding a 20-inning shutout streak, and it looked as though they would stretch it to 21 when they found themselves down 3-0 with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. But five straight singles helped them escape from the clutches of death and defeat the Yokohama Bay Stars 4-3 at Koshine Stadium. Entering play on this day, the Yokult Sparrows were two wins, seven losses, and one draws against the Yomiuri Giants this year. No one could have predicted what would happen next. First, they swatted seven home runs en route to a 14-6 drubbing of the Giants. As a follow-up, they hit only one home run on Wednesday, but they scored 11 runs to top of the Giants again, bringing themselves to within a half game of second place at the All-Star slash Olympic break. And that is this week in Japanese League Baseball. That was this week in Japanese League Baseball. There is only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. E-Man. This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Kaldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yeah, that's me, all right. This is Icy Robots, the guy who sold that acid that burnt off Kaldor's face, leaving a grisly visage known as Skeletor. At any rate, I, I've i kind of slowed down my Motu buying over, over the past few weeks. I realized that, like, I realized that, like, I, I, was, I was going into overdrive, and I've started to uh, run out of spaces for figures. So, so what I'm kind of doing as, like, a fun activity in between buying some new ones and emptying up some space, maybe, maybe putting, like, a new shelf up there where I can stand some figures. What I've, what I've been doing is I've been taking my AWA Rimco figures. These are like this brand of 80s wrestling figures based on the American Wrestling Alliance, which was which was one of the three big promotions at the time. You had the NWA slash WCW later, the WWF, and then you had the AWA, the American Wrestling Alliance out of the Midwest. I, I have a bunch of these guys. They came out from Rimco. I did an episode on them way, 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 way. Back in the day of the uh, Toys R Us report, if you're interested. I think it's like episode 13. Episode 13, episode 23, I, I forget. At, at any rate, I have I have a whole bunch of these Rimco guys. Not like every single one, but I have a ton of them. They're, they're cool, though. They're on the scale of a He-Man. They're on the scale of a Motu. So what I've been doing is like... I've been trying to like gather up like extra accessories. A lot of these new ones, the retro ones, will come with like an extra tidbit here or there. And I've been trying to like gather some of these up along with like... Some of the other random accessories I have found over the years at the flea market or whatever. And I've been trying to like, I've been trying to dip out my Rimcos as if they were Motus. Like, I took the Road Warriors, I have Hawk, I have Animal, and I also have Paul Ellering, their manager. And I've taken the three of them and I've given them like helmets and armor and like blades and stuff. So that they look like they are ready to join Skeletor's army at any time. This is... 
this is how I would see the Road Warriors if I were playing with them back in the uh, days when I used to, like, actively play with my toys and, like, run little fantasy leagues or whatever. I would see them, like, they would come in as, like, mercenaries. Like, Skeletor hires them as mercenaries to go take out He-Man. And then they'll, like, they'll go and they'll get He-Man and they'll beat him up, right? They'll beat him up. They'll destroy him. And then they'll go back to Skeletor to collect their money. And then Skeletor will be, like... Well, you guys didn't really do it to, like, my exact specifications. Like, how about, how about I give you, like, half the money? Because I said destroy him. And he's not really destroyed. He's just, like, beat up really bad. I kind of, I kind of wanted you to, like, rend him limb from limb. So, whatever. And then he would start mouthing off. And then the Road Warriors would beat him up, too. They'd beat him up, take the money, and then they would leave. And then maybe later they would show up again. They could even conceivably show up and be on He-Man's team. They were those kind of guys. But anyway, I have, like, uh, a helmet, a helmet for Paul Ellering and some armor for both the Road Warriors, and that's fun. I've been, I've been doing that. My next one, my next project is I kind of want to, like, kit bash a, uh, Abdullah the Butcher into a Motu. I have a, um, Remco Abdullah the Butcher, and I want to, I want to dip him out. He's cool. He has, like, cloth pants. As well as, like, um, shoes made out of fabric. Uh, Abdul used to wear, like, those genie shoes. Like the, um, like the Iron Sheik. Like, they, they curl at the end. And he has, like, little, like, little booties. They go over his, uh, wrestling boots. But I, I think that he'll make a nice one. I don't want to put a helmet on him because his figure has the scars on his head. Abdullah had, like, horrible scars from his battles over the years. And the action figure, Abdullah the Butcher, also has those scars. So I don't want to cover that up. I want to give him, like, maybe some kind of body armor. Some red body armor. I'm thinking maybe like a Zodak. If I might, if I could find like a cheap Zodak somewhere, I might take that red armor he had because it would match his pants. Or if I could find like a horde, like a Hordak armor with the black and the red, that might be a nice contrast with the red of the pants. But I, I'm gonna digress. I got a figure this week over here. I bought this a couple weeks ago. Let me um. I have a bag with a couple things in it. I bought this a couple weeks ago, and I've been waiting for uh, waiting for the opportunity to open it up with you guys on the show. It is a DC Primal Age Aquaman. He's a 5.5-inch action figure. He came from the first series where you got Batman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, the Joker, King Shark, Mr. Freeze, Scarecrow, and Aquaman. Of these, I already have Mr. Freeze, and I have Batman. Basically, these are DC superheroes, but in the form of, like, uh, He-Man figures. They're, like, Eternian warriors. Let's, um, let's bust into here. I don't think I need either the Vidal Sassoon scissors or the Arthur Fons switchblade. Turns out, I do, in fact, need the Arthur Fons switchblade to get under this little plastic lip. Cut that open here so that I can pull the bubble off the card. Let's remove this, uh... Let's remove this bubble. We'll toss this in the garbage. I know that sometimes you hear me throw things into the garbage can. What I actually do is, like, I have my office garbage can. It's all dry garbage. There's not, like, any food or anything. So when I take it out at the end of the week, I, uh, I sort it into the recycling. And I'll pull out the cardboard and the plastic and, and all that stuff. It's fine. I'm not, like, throwing recycling into the garbage. But uh, Aquaman's pretty cool, man. He has this total, like, I am the king of the deep look. He has a crown. He has a hook on his left hand, but it's like a fishing hook. It's very, very cool. He also comes with a uh, with a trident that goes into his right hand. It doesn't look like it's going to fit very well. The blade of the trident is very thin, and his hand is very wide, but it's still fine. He has a belt and a um. It's actually more like a uh, like a loincloth kind of belt, and then he has like a shoulder thing. These aren't. 
The shoulder thing looks like a, it's like a bandolier. It looks like this is molded into him, but the and so is the loincloth. Actually, they're all molded on him. How about the the crown? Would that come off? The crown may or may not come off. One of the cool little details he has is on his right shoulder. There's a piece of armor that looks like a, a octopus or a squid. He's a he's a cool figure. I don't know every He-Man that's ever been made, but as far as I can know, there's no like King of the Deep. I'm sure like in the later series there was like a King of the Deep. They've kind of they've kind of made everything, but um he looks exactly what like you imagine in your head. He's like Aquaman, but in He-Man form, and he's also like the King of the Deep, like he's King Neptune. He looks very much like a uh, like a Grecian myth. Super cool. He has a beard that's tied down into two braids at the end. I, I like him. He's barefooted. You can see he has little webbed toes. I think he's cool, man. I really do like these uh these primal ages. I'm surprised that the line didn't catch on more, to be honest. I, I really am. I think that maybe if it came out now, you might uh you might have more success with Motu Mania running wild. But they, they came out with all kinds of cool ones, man. Scary movie characters, Street Fighter characters, you name it. Look up uh, Savage Land. Look up Primal Age. These are Funkos. Normally your guy's not a Funko guy, but I gotta give it up when the giving up is good. They um they came through on these. Let's let's sit that over there. Let's fold up the blade. Let's throw this into the garbage can. Tomorrow's garbage day, my guys. I gotta take the bins out. So that's when I'm gonna sort it. Until then. Uh, let's move forward. I, I'm not sure what the next segment is, but I'm sure it will be great. And now a paid advertisement for Pooptronics Food Cubes. This is Prince Voltania for Pooptronics brand Food Cubes. They are both nutritious and delicious. My favorite is the white cheddar. Oh, well. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> Pooptronics brand food cubes. Get some now. Up next, a look at this week's flea market acquisitions. We had another good week out at the flea market over at the Veterans Building here in Santa Rosa. There was maybe like 90 vendors, 85 vendors. The week before was just like a smudge over 100. And this was like, this was like a little bit less, but not that much less. There was still like quite a few people there with like a lot of fun things. I, I got up on, man, I left my, um, I left my haul across the room. Hold on. I'm going to go, I'm going to go scoot across the room in my scootable chair. I'm going to grab this stuff. And I'm gonna come back. I'm on my way back right now. I'm back. I got my cans on. I'm sitting here. The first thing that I got was an eight-inch um, Bandai Power Ranger. This is the blue one. He has like a wolf on his chest. These were one of like these were like one of the first uh, figures of the Power Rangers here in the um, good old United States of America. That of course had like a zillion billion like Japanese figures. But this was like one of the first mainstream figures. This eight-inch. This 8-inch bad boy by, um, Bandai. I lost my train of thought when I scooted across the room. I apologize for that. I'm still, I'm still trying to get myself together. But I, like, I don't have, like, that much interest in Power Rangers. I've never really, like, seen a show. I've seen the show, like, a couple times. It's, like, it's, like, past my age. You know, that was more, like, um, my younger brother's age. I think that's even past him. That would have been, like, that would have been, like, the 90s or whatever. So I don't even know who that was for. That was, like, way past me, way past him. But I, I like the design of the characters. I think they, um... I think they just, I don't know, man. I think they look cool. 
And these are the ones, these eight inch ones are the ones that I've decided I'm gonna use to represent them in my pantheon of figs. I'm playing with them right now. These, these are highly articulated. He has one, two, three, four, two different in the hands, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. This is like a highly articulated figure. He doesn't have his gun. And he's very beat up, but I'm, I'm still happy with him. He's only a dollar. I have the blue one. I have the yellow one. I have the black one. I think I'm missing the green one and the pink one. I looked it up one day. The pink one only came in like a playset. It was like with a, with a motorcycle. So she's like, she's a little bit harder to find, but someday I'm going to stumble on it at the flea market. These aren't something I like obsessively collect, but I, if I see them at the flea market, I pick them up. What else did I get? I'm facing away from the microphone and I apologize. I got uh, a six hour Maxell standard grade blank VHS cassette that was a dollar. You can never have too many of these. I got tons of them sitting around. I bought uh, one, two, uh, I'm facing away again and I apologize. I'm, this is awful. Awful radio, you guys should should, should complain. But um, I bought four crystals. Three of them are smaller like ice cubes. They're kind of squared. I don't know what sort these are. There was a lady selling like all kinds of like Wiccan stuff. This was over at the Sebastopol flea market, not the um, the vets building. We went to both. We always go to both, but she had like all kinds of crystals and magic items and whatever. And I saw these and they were only 75 cents each. And I think that like, I think they'll look very good in action figure photography. Like they look like the crystals in um, the Fortress of Solitude in the uh, Richard Donner uh, Superman films, you know, like those crystal growths come out from all directions. They look like they look like that. They're very icy looking. I think that they um I think they're going to serve me well at some point in a picture. They're pretty cool and they were only 75 cents each, quite a bargain. Then I got um I got a book, The Encyclopedia of Star Trek Trekkie Memorabilia Identification and Value Guide. This is from 1988, it cost $16.95 originally, but I was able to get it for a dollar. Most everything I bought was a dollar this day, but it's basically like all your old 70s and uh, 80s like Star Trek merch. The little pictures of all the various items, and then there's like a price guide of what you can expect to uh, to pay for this. But there's a lot of neat things in here, like early uh, newsletters and stuff. I love, I love collectible guides. I like to see um, in print, like what's out there. You know, I want to know, like, all the different collectibles that exist so I can uh, identify them easily when I see them in the flea market circuit or whatever. I got that for a dollar. I also got that in Sebastopol. I probably should have organized these, like, where I got them because we did go through the entire vets building and then we went over to Sebastopol. I was really tired that day. I don't know, man. I've been I've been tired lately. It's allergy season, and I just, like, I don't have that pep in my step that I normally do, so I, I kind of... I kind of zipped through both flea markets. I did try my best to find stuff. You got to put your eyes on the prize, but, like, I didn't have that, uh... I didn't have that love, that zip. It was just one of those days, man. Some days are zipless. What are you going to do? But then I also came across a WWF Hasbro Virgil. I got him for a dollar. A dollar again. This lady had a table with a bunch of old wrestling figures on it. Lots of like Jack Specific's Bone Crushers, but like Bone Crunchers. But um, the kid who played with them made all the dudes in the figure set have like uh, crimson masks. There's like... There's, like, blood painted all over all their faces with, like, a felt-tip marker. I, I would do that sometimes occasionally, but then I would uh, do my best to get it off and always regret it when the, uh, when the fig still would, like, have a tint of red. You could never, you could never get the blood off of a figure's face. You probably should have just used ketchup or whatever if you wanted to, if you wanted to sick it up or... You could even just use slime and pretend like the slime is like different colored blood. But at any rate, there was like a ton of bone crunchers, but they all had um, face paint. So I passed on all of them, but I did get, 
I did get this Virgil one. But yeah, then when I got home, there was Virgil right up there with the uh, Million Dollar Man. I'll, I'll put him in a, like a bin. A random action figure bin outside. That's usually what happens to these guys when they, um, when they have dupes. But you never know when you might need another Virgil. This one's in a... This one's not in bad shape at all. Let's look at the other one. They're about the same, honestly. He's like a $10, $15 figure. The prices on the Hasbros, WWF Hasbros, has really, really gone up. But then um, my favoriteest thing that I got at the flea market was a pretty good copy of Superman number 323, which is the first appearance of the Atomic Skull. The Atomic Skull, he's a very minor DC villain, but he has appeared in many other forms of media, like he was on Justice League Unlimited, the cartoon, he's been on Young Justice once or twice, he was also on The Flash, the TV show The Flash, I'm looking through my, I'm looking through my who's who's right now, we're gonna see if the Atomic Skull warrants a who's who entry, my gut says that he does, here it is, He's in volume number one of DC Who's Who on page 31. Let's pull that out and take a quick look at the Atomic Skull. Up next, what's sure to be an awesome segment, Who's Who in the DC Comics Universe. You're welcome in advance. Okay, so we opened up the handy dandy guide here to page number, what did I say, 31, the Atomic Skull. This is really badly printed. The words are very much out of focus on this. His real name is Albert Michaels. He's the former leader of a gang called Skull. Now he's a professional criminal. His, his marital status is that of unknown. Known relatives, none. Group affiliation, Skull. First appearance is that Superman right there. Height 5'11", weight 180. Stricken with a rare nervous disorder which short-circuited the electrical impulses of his brain, Michaels stole his own inventions from Star Lab and turned them over to Skull. He quickly became the leader in exchange for the merch. And then at some point they tried to implant a um, something in his brain that malfunctioned and then he mutated into the atomic skull. Michaels is capable of firing devastatingly powerful energy bolts through the visor of his mask. Energy which can even render his arch foe Superman unconscious. That's something dude, if you can fire a blow that can knock Superman to the deck, you are doing pretty good. That's, um, when I saw it, this comic, it was like, it was right in my wheelhouse. Nobody is more obscure than the Atomic Skull because he's appeared on shows you've seen. I know that you guys have seen Justice League Unlimited. I know you guys have seen episodes of The Flash. He's been on those shows and you didn't even know who he was. I didn't even know who he was, but I got this comic for five dollars. It was in a stack of like random books and when I asked the guy what the prices of the comics were, he said five dollars each, which really surprised me because again, back to a dollar. Usually bagged and boarded comics at the flea market, like rando comics, are a dollar. So the five dollars uh, really caught me, but I wanted it, so I bought it, and I'm happy that I did. I'm happy I got it. It's a nice cover, nice shot of the Atomic Skull. He has this nice green and yellow outfit. Very cool. I might find a might find a place up on the Wall of Fame for it. I'm thinking about rearranging the Wall of Fame, and uh, I might put some new stuff up there. First appearance of the Atomic Skull. I'm here at one with nature. Clearing my mind, clearing my thoughts, getting myself prepared spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I've forgotten what it's like to lose. This is world's famous. We are projecting our voices with this mic we cuffin'. You ain't my knucker, sucker. I'm snuffin'. Sound your tone, the time will be 12 a.m. 
Alright, this is me guys, and we're back for, this is like, this is it man, this is like the final little bit of the show. I feel like we've covered everything that's worth covering that's going on in the world of life, the world of existence, everything is like, everything's pretty hunky-dory as far as I'm concerned, man. I don't know, I'm just like, hanging and banging, hanging and clanging, living life to the fullest that I possibly can. I have to, um... I gotta go over to the store and renew my, uh, my regional parks pass. It just ran out the other day, so we haven't been able to, like, we haven't been able to go, like, deep in the woods or anything like that. We've mostly, like, stuck our outdoor activities to, like, like, the city parks. You know, you got, like, the city parks, the county parks, state parks, national parks, and we usually, like, we have a pass in effect for the, uh, regional parks, which lets us go to the beach, the woods, all that stuff, but like I said, it's run out, so we're just, like, we're chilling, going to the park, feeding the ducks, doing the more... Doing the more, like, uh, urbane things that are out there rather than, like, the deep woods, uh, Unabomber type things that we sometimes do. But it's fun, man. Do you guys, do you guys ever go feed ducks? I think that that's, like, a, it's, like, a nice little calming activity, you know, when, like, the stress of the day is getting too hard, when things are getting too difficult. It's, like, you can just go out there, throw some, uh, what we buy is shredded wheat. We go to the Dollar Tree, we get a box of Dollar Tree shredded wheat, and we, we toss them to the, uh, to the birds, they crumble up nicely. So we toss them out there, and they surround you, and they quack, and they let you touch them, and it's like, it's fun. It's very relaxing. The most common varietal of duck that we see out at uh, at the lake is the Canadian goose. I guess it's the most common varietal of goose, not duck, but we see these Canadian gooses, we see mallards, we see some other ducks like that, but like, they're so tame over there that they'll They'll walk up and let you, like, straight up touch them. Let's, uh, let's dig into this. We have the Messages from Your Animal Spirit Guide by Stephen Farmer. We're gonna pick a card out of here and see what, uh, kind of guidance we have for the upcoming week for the Animal Kingdom. And the card that we have picked, the card that is in my hand right here, is the Spirit of the Camel. And the Spirit of the Camel says... Trust that you have the resources to get through the challenges ahead of you. That's very, very important. Not only do you have to have the recesses, you have to know that the resources, rather, are deep within inside you. It's very important, man. It's very important to, like, have the courage to dig deep. Because there is stuff in there, man. There's a lot of stuff deep within inside you, and I believe that you can get it out when you're given the chance. Check it out, man. Whenever you're in doubt, whenever you're in trouble... Whenever things gets too hard, when you're like, I can't go on any further, just like imagine in your head the spirit of the camel and imagine your guy Icy Robots is out there and he's thinking of you. He cares about you. He wants you to make it. I want you to succeed. I want nothing more than for everyone in the world to be happy, everyone to succeed. This is some real E-L-E -E stuff. Hey, I got a ring up here too. Mine says love. Think about that. Everybody love everybody! Come on! The ELE is still in effect, man. You might not have heard it for a while, but Everyone Love Everybody is still in effect here at the IC Robots uh, radio network from now till infinity. You got to check out some of the good work that my guy Gino Vega's been doing. You got to check out some of the good work that my guy Carlos from GeekFest Rants has been doing. Some great episodes as of late. And not only that, we've been posting some classics from like deep within the vault. The guy's vault goes deep. He has like over 400 shows and there are some real, real humdingers in there. And we've been... We've been posting one of those every other Friday, so, uh, check the feed for that. Like I said, check the feed for the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. That one, that one comes out every Wednesday. He's, he's been hitting it all cylinders lately. Real good stuff. Seems like he sold his house. He's ready to move on in his life. But, uh, I myself, I'm also, I'm also ready to move on in my life. I feel like I've done a lot of good work on this episode, and I, I, I feel like 
I feel like you guys uh, respect me and you're happy with it. So with all that said, until we meet again, this is Mace right. Robot saying, Ariba Derche. And you know I got to have that. want a mystery some people listen then say we're whack but if they miss the show they get the heart attack now look at you you're sitting there biting your lip the whole world sees you as a hypocrite live out the first law and make yourself preservation if the show doesn't help you change the station if you don't want peace in the world love peace and happiness in an endless world if all you want to do is keep the whole world back you're the one that's whack and we're world's 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 famous Yo, slick, blow. Everybody love everybody! I see Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com